Well, hey there everybody, how are you doing? It is Thursday, officially. It is Thursday, I'm sure it is. My name is Dan Edge. I am joined, as always, by the tremendous Samantha Rank, who's that side for me. I always point in the wrong direction. This is Life Downloaded Live. How are you doing, lovely Samantha Rank? Um, I look like an angel at the moment, don't I? Because I've got the, the, the sunlight beaming on my face, so I do apologise. Um, oh. I know. Um, I uh, just wanted a bit of sun and warmth. So I brought my laptop into the living room, but now I'm like, wow, that is a bit bright. But I, do you know what? I'm so comfortable. But I just thought, sod it. I don't care. So I do apologise um, if I am blinding you with my excellent brilliance. And it doesn't help that this table, I've got a marble table, and I think the light reflects off the white marble table. There you go. So, yeah. I'm think, doing all right. I'm th- doing all right, Danny boy. Good, good. I think the world is happy to be blinded by your brilliance. I am I on know. a regular basis. So, I know. So why know. shouldn't the rest of the world be? <laughs> <laughs> how are you? You, you. We were talking about um, uh, how tired we've both been, and you said you need to get some under-eye gel because Indeed. you are exhausted. Indeed, I'm on... <laughs> This shows my age now. I'm on the anti-fatigue... You know you see those adverts now for men for anti-fatigue eye gel? I am one of those men. Uh, well, I've, I've been one of those women for quite some time. And I have just come on my period today. And yes, I just mentioned my period. And I mentioned that because... Do you know what I love about you, Dan? And I was thinking about this as I was sat on the toilets when I came on my period. I was like, we're going to talk about this today. Uh, sorry about that visual... Um, well, we don't talk about it enough, and you have always been so, so supportive. You are one of the few men that I know that allows women to express themselves and not go, oh, really, can we talk about that? But I was thinking about it. I have been, I've just come back to London. I don't even, I don't even know how long I've been back in London. That's how stressful it's been. But I think sometimes your hormone cycle can really, really feed into your emotional, obviously emotional well-being, your mental well-being, your physical well-being, not only, you know, having menstrual cramps and all that, but I notice my bone density definitely kind of goes a bit all over the place uh, in and around my my period. And um, and I think sometimes we need to talk, talk more about that because it explains a lot. Like I hear a lot of women, you know, kind of give themselves such a hard time and then they were like, oh, yeah, but then I... Then I came on a period, and that's why I behaved that way. But if we were to be a bit more open about it, I think these, you know, we'd have less stigma, and perhaps we'd be able to manage our our lives a little bit better. So yes, um, that's probably the medication talking as well. I've just popped some pills because I, uh, I feel I'm I'm feeling the devil at work at the moment. But yeah, apart from that, I I'm just bloody knackered. It's been really hard coming back to London. Um, not only not living in the house of the hotel of mum and being fed three times a day. Uh, so look at me, I'm wasting away. Oh, no, look at me. I've like, <laughs> lost so much weight. Um, I really haven't. Um, but, yeah, so that physically coming back and being like, all right, I've got to go and put my own, you know, washing on and do everything myself. Um, but also... Um, my PA is going to be leaving me in September. So that was a bit of a blow. And uh, so my PA is my personal assistant. So I received money from the government via direct payments, which was a scheme set up um, to kind of 
give disabled people a bit more autonomy over their lives. So instead of you being very limited by some agency, so an agency would send someone out to you um, throughout the day, but it used to be quite binding. So, you know, I used to hear of horror stories of young disabled people, you know, being put to bed at seven o'clock at night. So direct payments was very much set up to for, for the, the individual to become the employer. I mean, employ in theory, whoever the heck they you, you want, as long as they don't live with you. So it couldn't be a parent that live with you or a partner that live with you, mm-hmm. which is fantastic. And I've, I've had this for about 15 years, about about 20 PAs. Um, but yeah, it's always hard to let someone go, particularly when they're good, because there's so many not so good um, ones out there. So that kind of really, really knocked my confidence. And then I woke up and, you know, I've got my issues in my teeth. My teeth are also affected as well as my bones. I lost the enamel off my, like, it just fell off my front tooth. Oh, no. So I was like, welcome home. So I've been, I found um, our good friend Nikki Johnson, uh, photographer oh. extraordinaire. Yes, life downloaded contact. official photographer Nikki Johnson. Yeah, life downloaded official photographer has put me in contact with his private dentist. And I went to go and see him. And I, that there seems to be not a perfect solution because with my condition, my teeth are just a bit of a mess. Mm-hmm. He has given me a few different options. So I'm going to go back and um, have some work done next Friday. Ah. So I, feel, I feel a little bit like relief, but you know, when you come back and you're like, oh, for God's sake, I just wanted to curl, curl back into a ball um, and yeah, be like, I hate being an, an adult, an adult, an adult, an adult. You say that three times. An adult, an adult, yeah. an adult, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not adultery. Um, but not cats, adultery, that's a completely different not adultery. conversation. Uh, the, cats been, the cats have been really good, though. So I thought my two cats, Lola and Bruno, would really, really hate being back home in my relatively small flat. And I say relatively small in comparison to my mum and stepdad's home, which is very beautiful. It's quite, you know, it's got lots of space. Uh, but they'd be really good. I think as long as they get fed, I think they don't really care. Yeah. Cats, cats are quite. I won't say they're one-track animals. Having you know spent more time with cats recently, um, because of my lovely lady and her menagerie. Uh, Be careful what you said there. Your lovely lady and her cats. Indeed, her cats. Yes, <laughs> uh, all four of them. Um, all of them, yeah, because that could have gone down scary territory there. I, I tell you, um, that no, they they both infuriate me, endear me, and somewhat annoy me all in equal measure. Depending, yes, on the that's day. what mine do. I love them one minute, and then the next minute, I'm like, I could happily just throw you out the window, <laughs> but I would never do that because you know I'm not horrible. But that you know when you're just like seriously, you know like you know like when you want to maybe leave a child. I mean, I'm not a parent. Maybe <laughs> this is pretty wrong, and maybe I shouldn't have children after saying this. But you know, like when when kids are really really annoying, and it's like, oh, I'm just gonna gonna leave you there for five minutes. You know, if they don't want to come home mm-hmm. with you, they're like, I want to stay. It's like, okay, then bye, bye, see yeah. you, and start to walk off. I sometimes want to do that with my cat. <laughs> fine, fine, go on then, go yeah. out the front door. Off you go. So happy you. Yeah, yeah. No, like. um my girlfriend refers to herself as a leopard wrangler because she has Bengals, so they are spotty like leopards. And they do need wrangling on a regular basis. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yes, cats are definitely um, creatures of their own will. 
Um, they are, but I think mine are because um, they're sphinx cats. They are a different breed altogether, like really different. They are the cat dog of the world, the and dog. they are highly intelligent. And Bruno, the baby, is now an adolescent, and he's now become. I did bond with him very well, and it really upset me. And I was like, "Why don't you love me?" And now, since being back home, it's a little bit like I've manifested it. I've said to the universe, "I want Bruno to love me," and now he won't leave me alone. Now I'm like, oh, okay, be careful what you manifest because it might happen. <laughs> you might not even be able to sit on the toilet with a cat on your head. Be careful um, what you wish for. You be careful what you manifest for. Mm. Mm. Um, yeah, so that's that. Um, but, but the whole PA thing um, has put me into a little bit of a... Ugh, because selfishly, and maybe not selfishly, because I think that disabled people deserve to get a that they they need um i you know things are going well for me with regards to career and you know where i am and my independence and and i i do not want anything to jeopardize that so finding someone new is a daunting you know procedure i suppose Mm. because not only are you letting someone into your home you are you know letting them see you at your highest and your lowest yeah. You know, uh, because they will be entering your. Oh no, my mum's calling. I went on my phone as well. I'm like, look, Apple Watch, Apple phone. Oh yeah, for those that are that are not understanding Sam's excitement right now, she she just recently got a brand new Apple Watch. Other smartwatches are available. Um, smartwatches, and it's actually for my safety. It's not because I like gadgets. Indeed. This is just kind of sideline. I got it because I'm getting rid of my landline. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm getting fibre, hopefully. Fibre broadband, which means yeah. life downloaded will be with you in high vivid HD colour. I'm working a lot from home and I intend to work much, much more from home. But going back to the PA, I am, let's face it, I'm shitting it. I'm shitting it. I'm a little bit angry, not because of the circumstance, because anyone can leave and do whatever they want at any time. They're not under house arrest. However, I'm a bit like, I don't want anything to derail the hard work that I've put into getting to where I am now. You know, and you know, I don't want to have to micromanage anyone. I want someone to, to you know, really support my needs and really want to support my needs. Mm. And I wrote in the Metro just this week. I wrote about my experiences, past experience. It's no reflection of the person that I have at the moment because, if anything, she's probably the best person that I've had in many, many years. Um, but you know, I've looked at the sort of people that perhaps apply for PA jobs or the sort of people that I've had and have realized that it's not what they signed up for. And I think sometimes there is a bit of an apathy towards disabled people and what they need and what they deserve. And that very much reflects in, you know, the work ethic. Um, I've had a lot of people, you know, kind of think that I don't really get up to much. So if they're late or if they need to take some time off or, you know, they don't kind of need to afford me the same courtesy as um, what you would perhaps do if you were working in an office, you know? So if you didn't turn up on time, you would be held accountable. Whereas I find it difficult sometimes, you know, you don't, 
you don't you, you set boundaries and you outline what you expect but sometimes if that person doesn't respect that it's hard to discipline someone in your own home mm. you know it's hard to kind of say that's not okay and then perhaps then be in, have intimate care with you you know it's a really really tricky one and um and i've I've had a really, really overwhelming response from my article because a lot of people feel feel the same, you know? I mean, you've never had a PA, have, have no, you? No, no, I haven't. But, I, you know, from conversations I've had with you and fellow deaf and disabled colleagues and friends, um, I can even tell from the outside that a relationship with a PA is nothing if not a complex one because... Mm-hmm. It is a working relationship um, in the same way that, you know, a PA to a managing director of a company would be. Happens to be that you are a managing director of a company. (laughs) But, you know, um, but in in terms of sort of the office admin type sense, there's there's that side of being a a disabled person's PA. But there's also a very, very personal side to it. And you have to have... An agreement, a level of trust, a level of understanding that is both personal and business at the same time. So it's it's really quite complex. And that's for me as an outsider looking in that as of yet hasn't had a PA. I may do at some point. Um, But, you know, because like you say, you know, your PA deals with you in some of your most vulnerable positions, be that, you know, and this is not necessarily for you personally, Sam, but, you know, for people that have PAs in generally, be that while you're in the bathroom, be that, you know, while you're, while you're at work and trying to organise your calendar, be that transporting you somewhere, be that helping you cook meals, whatever it may be. There, there's some very personal, very vulnerable times, but it's also a business relationship. Yeah. So, yeah. And yeah. it's about you as a disabled person or people as disabled people and the both professional but at the same time extremely personal relationship with that PA and being able to establish those boundaries and that that level of trust and that takes time so you know I'm not surprised that that you're looking at the thought of finding somebody new with some complete trepidation of course you are because that means you've got to let somebody else into your life on a very personal level. So it is, and I and I also think you know there's a few like the, the basics of how disabled people are still viewed. Mm. You know, even that, you know, introducing someone new, they may have their own stereotypical views of what a disabled person is or what, how they live their lives, and then all of a sudden they work with someone like me, and they're like, "Holy mother of God, what? Mm-hmm. Work on a Monday." Yeah. You know what I mean? Working on Monday, um, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, sometimes Friday, Oh, Saturday, I don't know. I've been really good on that count, to be absolutely fair. I think <laughs> I'm definitely, like, weaning off uh, that. But, but you know, so I think there's that, and having to educate someone, and that can be draining when all you want to do is just get on with your day. Mm-hmm. You know, having to educate someone that, that my needs are important. You know, I gave an example of, the fact that we still have to book 24 hours in advance of a train, just, just you know, uh, if you need assistance, mm. just is the epitome of how we see disabled and value disabled 
people's lives, you know. And I think also from a, a businesswoman point of view, so I'm, I'm, I'm self-employed, I'm freelance, you know, a lot of people when they work with me, because I only get 15 hours a day, so uh, 15 hours a week, sorry, PA, which is, if you think about it, I don't have anyone on a weekend because I don't like anyone being around me on a weekend. No, and I that's kind of, you know, time. And that's I kind fair. of have friends. If I need anything, I've got friends. So, you know, it, it works out, you know, only like three hours a day. And I don't even do that. I only have three days a week so I can have a good five hours, you know, because really three hours isn't a lot. So I have quite a limited amount of time with these people, but... You know what it's like being freelance. You mm. might say to someone, right, our working hours are Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays. But then on Wednesday, I might have five Zoom meetings. Yeah. And so that means I might want to change that Wednesday to a Tuesday. Because yeah. there's no point there's no point of PA being in the room if you're locked away in the other room. No. Like doing Zoom calls. <laughs> no, no, so it really isn't. It, it's about, you know, and, and unfortunately, the, a lot of the time, the way these positions... These, these job positions are advertised, and I've heard some recently, um, and I've talked to other disabled people, um, of, of, you know, and they've heard similar. You know, it's advertised, first of all, the language they use, I, I heard, do you want to work with people who are vulnerable and less abled? Oh, I don't know why I'm doing an American accent, which is, you know, really <laughs> annoying. Yeah. Um, and then it's like, and it fits around your childcare. You know, basically advertising for single mothers, potentially really, really, the whole thing is like stereotypical nightmare, mm. you know, advertising, like it will be fine because a disabled person will wait. The disabled person will wait because if you need to go pick up little Jimmy from the whatever, it, it's not, it's not your, from the school, it's not your responsibility to get childcare cover mm. because the disabled person will wait. And I think we need to, this is how, why I campaign about having proper authentic representation of disabled people because i ain't waiting for nobody no if you've no exactly. one to pick up if you've no one to pick up little jimmy then that's not my problem and it sounds really hard but it isn't my problem i think we need to start you know talking about how how care care doesn't just mean someone who simply exists yeah and i think that's the problem you know, no disabled person, no elderly person should just be expected to exist. You know, the same goes for someone who is perhaps, you know, elderly. They shouldn't be treated, you know, they shouldn't be told when they go to bed or they shouldn't, you know, if they're not fear, if they don't want someone to come into their home that day, they shouldn't have to. You know, so I think it needs, the whole system needs to be, you know, turned on its on its head. I think if I had more hours, I could potentially employ two different people and that would give me a much better scope of, if they couldn't do that day, I'd have someone yeah, else. Yeah, you, you'd have two people to switch between but, and it would give but, you more flexibility. Yeah, but who would want to work, who would want to, who could afford, like, so if it was 15 hours, what that, what's that? That's like six hours, six, seven, seven hours each but then yeah. no one could no one could live off that no no so so yeah that's where i am right now and it's safe to say it's a minefield it's draining it's scary um i think disabled people deserve much much better without without question i'm i'm going to agree with you by default um <laughs> 
you know, simply because I, I do agree with you. And I, but it is a minefield, you know, um, because, yeah, it's that thing of having somebody you can work close enough with, having somebody that can give you the flexibility you need, having enough hours, like you say, possibly to split it between two or three people to give you that flexibility, um, or at least enough financial support so that you could have two people on seven hours. Exactly. Um, And I think, yeah, sorry, put you off. No, it's fine. (laughs) You know, it's how we work. Um, But, but yeah, you know, it's about, is it, is it a level of financial support? Are you getting Mm. more support so that you can employ those people on seven hours on decent wages? And in turn, you know, you may have the, not saying any detriment to your current PA or any PAs that are out there necessarily because you may have an amazing PA but you will have the pick and choice of people because you're paying really good money for seven hours a week exactly so as it stands um you know because it comes through the local authority Mm. and I would just like to point out that it is a a postcode lottery so when I was in Lancashire I got 21 hours when I moved to London, I was in Hackney. I, I they they told me I wasn't I, I couldn't apply for any. Now that I'm in Islington, I finally, after nine years of being in London, I have fifteen point five hours. Wow. So your hours your hours are very much uh, reflective of your local authority. And this is me. This is me actually battling and going to tribunals. This is not me just going okay, whatever. No. Um, so there's that. But it, on the whole, it is minimum wage. So because I'm in London, it's actually higher. It's the London living wage, which is I think ten pound eighty. Mm. You know, so in 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 comparison with uh, other parts of the the UK, relatively higher. You know, but at um, the same but, time, there's a yeah. London living wage for a reason because living in London, rightly exactly. or wrongly, is crazy expensive. Exactly, exactly, and I think you hit the nail on the head. You know, like if we value key workers and if we value caregivers. You know, but with, with a, a proper salary, then I would definitely have more pick of pe- uh, people instead of people that are doing it because it fits their lifestyle or it's stopgap. You know, they're they're on a year abroad or they are, you know, kind of just finished university and want to have a bit of a break from anything too intense. So I think that's true. But this leads me on to my next question, and it's the whole thing of I would happily pay for my own care to get to, to, to offer that. But to be successful and disabled, you need to have that support network in place, first of all, to get to a position, yeah. get to a position where you can then pay for the appropriate assistance. So the, ca- it is an the catch-22 scenario, yeah. Yeah. You need you need support to be successful to be able to pay for support, uh, and you know, the, we we talk about the various systems in this country so often on Life Downloaded. Exactly, Sandra says it's the chicken and the egg scenario. It is exactly that, Sandra. Welcome, as always, to the episode of Life Downloaded. <laughs> we love seeing you. Hello. Uh, um, yeah, and it is that chicken and egg scenario. Um, and it is the case of, you know, you need that support to be successful and then you can pay for your own support. Um, and I think, and it's not just within disability that this is a thing. It's about, 
It's about government. It's about society understanding that the best way to make money is to invest money and to invest in people. And I've argued this for years outside of everything sort of disability impairment wise and support wise. You know, if we invest properly here in the UK in the NHS, which I think the majority of people would like to do, no matter what your political leanings. But if we invest properly in the NHS, we are in turn going to have a healthier, more productive nation. Because people are going to get the support they need to be healthy, to be productive, to then work more, to then generate more money. But I think so many people, and I understand why to an extent, so many people look at investment in things as pound and pence figures on a spreadsheet rather than... But if we invest here, we can generate here and generate here. They're like, oh, we can't afford this right now. And I think, I think maybe someone's at your door. See, this shows you the life downloaded is entirely live because somebody has just turned up at the lovely Samantha Rank's front door. They might even wave. I don't know, but we're entirely live. Um, So yeah, this is, this is the thing. It's about investment in people and valuing people rather than valuing figures on a spreadsheet. And that's a big, big cultural shift for the entire world. And this is not me trying to bring down capitalism or anything, but it's, you know, it is a big, big cultural shift. Exactly, Sandra. Yeah, many people do want to invest and we get penalised. I mean, for example, this is changing the subject matter somewhat but I saw a tweet yesterday and it's very true and it says there is no marriage equality until disabled people don't have the benefits removed that they live on once they get married in this country and they do you know if you get married and you're you're claiming ESA and you get married to somebody and that person has has a good job and earns decent money it gets removed and oh who was at your door? Was it anybody excited? It was at Amazon, but he just left it in my post box and then went. So I don't understand why he knocked on the door, but that, 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 that's fine. Continue with your conversation. Continue with my conversation. The di- it, exactly, Sandra. It is direct taxation of disabled people being married. The, the, what you've missed is... Oh. Um, yeah, oh, see? Hello. See? You, you, Sam's come back oh, in yeah. and she's like, how have we got onto this? How long was I gone? <laughs> Not that long. But I, I was saying about how how it's about investment in people and yeah. how I feel personally, and it is my personal opinion, that society needs to shift and stop looking at spreadsheets and going, you know the value of investing in this person means in the long term or investing in the NHS or so on and so forth means that we're going to generate more income in the long term. Well, exactly. Uh, And then I was saying, you know, a prime example of this and the system being broken is a tweet I saw the other day that said there's going to be no marriage equality in, in this country until disabled people don't have their benefits removed for getting married. And if you claim mm. ESA and your partner has a mm. decent job and they earn decent money, if I got married, I would automatically lose my benefits. Yeah. And Sandra says it's a direct taxation on disabled people for being married. Um, so, so yeah, it is, it's, it's an investment in people thing, I think. 
And I think, you know, going back to the original point of the chicken and egg scenario of having that support to be able to get on to then be able to pay for your own support, the the system as it stands doesn't enable disabled people to do that. I think when I remember my last PA when she started working and I, you know, I appreciate my life is not the norm in the sense that I get to do some really amazing things on TV and it can seem quite, you know, like exciting, you know, um, and I'm very blessed for that. But I remember she told me that people, when, when she told people who she was working for, they got really quite excited and was like, oh my God, that must be so great because she did come with me, you know, to TV appearances mm. and she got to do some fabulous stuff excuse me however you know and a lot of people like oh wow i didn't realize it could be like that you know care work and again i know i'm in a very weird situation but that i think that just reinforced the ideology that care work is something that's not not exciting Mm. you know but disabled people's lives you know you are there to, to also help lives be more exciting as well you know, you are enabling them to go out and meet friends and do this, and you can be part of that. You know, it's just it's just ideology. Disabled people wouldn't want to go and get drunk, or would, wouldn't want to go to a festival, or wouldn't want to go to the cinema once a week. Oh yeah. You know, and, <laughs> it's, and I know. It's pen, like, why? Oh, that's an amazing job. If I yeah. if I was non-disabled, I think it would be a, an amazing job. Like my one of my other ones, uh, PAs. She was in her early to mid twenties, and we used to like go out and party a little bit. You know, it's like how many jobs can you say that you can actually, you know? Oh, what did you do today? Oh, we went to a restaurant and just chilled and watched people go by. Mm. You know, so I I appreciate that it might not be the highest paid job, but even even low paid blue collar blue collar work, I suppose it is. You know, I don't think you could say that it can be as exciting as being a PA. I would much rather be a PA than work in McDonald's. Mm. No offense to anyone that works in McDonald's, but you you get what I'm saying. You know what I mean? Like, of course, there might be some more challenging points of being a PA. I'm sure it's not nice if I fracture and seeing me in pain or, you know, um, even, even... even like destigmatizing personal care to it, you know, the personal side of it. But there is so many amazing moments of, of being with someone and working as a PA. I think we just need to re, rebrand, repackage. We need to definitely see disabled people in a whole different light. I think this is a this is a book, and I can I just say I have actually. This is why it took me longer. I have actually sprayed it with disinfectant spray. Oh, there you so, go. Um, and I will go wash my hands in a minute. So I'm doing a live unboxing on Life Downloaded. This is a first, yeah, I, everybody. I have, and I only have because um, I thought I need to brush up and I have got some money to spend from my um, my business account. I thought I might just spend some of my, spend some of my money. So I got... Na-na. Ooh, Disabling no, Barriers, book. Enabling Environment. A couple of disability study books. Mm. Uh, so this is Disabling Barriers, Enabling Environments. Um, only because I've been doing a lot more consultancy work. And it is great to get different perspectives. And I studied sociology at university. And I 
didn't continue with it. Uh, I only did it in the first year because I continued with languages. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I was one of my regrets that I didn't because I really, really love anything sociological. And it's obviously that's why I do what I do now. So, yeah, so I've got a few amazing books Ooh. to come. Which I'm so, so we're going to have really in-depth conversations on Life Down Low. Well, I mean, I wouldn't go that one. far. Because, <laughs> um, yeah, I'm really excited. I mean, I don't... I genuinely don't even know what I've picked, whether they are, uh, you know, good. But I'm sure, yeah, Professor of Disability and Inclusion at Northumbria University. There we go. Winner. Winner. Books. I like a, I like a book. You like a good book. I do like a book. There you go. Um, talking of books, when I was a young lad, I spent far too much time reading joke books. This is a very tenuous link, but there you go. We like it anyway. <laughs> um, I spent a load of time reading ever. joke books. And of course, today is April the 1st, which is probably one of the most famous days of the year for, for pranks and jokes and all things aside. And we were having a really interesting conversation before we came on air. That sounds really professional, doesn't it? <laughs> um, like we plan these things. Indeed. About um, April Fool's Day as, as an event and how we feel about it and how the disabled community feels about it in general and the fact that we were sort of saying we're not too sure how the disabled community feels about it. And it doesn't necessarily mean that we don't want to be part of the fun and we want to be the fun police and da-da-da. But, yeah, we we were having this discussion and you made me think about things in a very different way. So I give the floor to you, Madame Rank. Yeah, so I was just wondering perhaps some of our um, autistic friends, whether... Um, you know, having practical jokes or having, you know, kind of um, non-truths and, and going along with... Oh, are you still there? Yes, yep. Yes, going, you did freeze a minute. Going along with, you know, kind of uh, pranks, whether whether or not that, you know, is accessible, whether or not you don't mind or whether you would maybe have a word with your colleagues or, you know, your friends to to you know be mindful that perhaps um they they you know they're not appropriate um there was that and then also you know um you mentioned dan about you know joking about breaking a leg or joking about you know kind of becoming disabled um or or even from my point of view as a woman who knows that my path to motherhood won't be a straightforward one you know people joking about pregnancy um you know going oh, i'm pregnant uh, and then they're not you know and there's a lot of people out there that might be really trying to be pregnant um so yeah so that was that was kind of our thought process and again it's not to take the fun away but it's just about being aware that so for me i've got brittle bones and i wouldn't want anyone to ju- like on halloween i don't want anyone to jump out of a closet or scare me because I could fracture. So I don't really like Halloween. I don't go into haunted houses because I could literally break from, mm. from like having a shock. Yeah, and I think, you know, it's definitely something to think about. Um, I I got 
somewhat caught out by one this morning because I had I just woken up and I'd say this one was more harmless in the fact that the lovely people at Eurovision, um, the song contest, I say the lovely people, I don't know any of them, but I assume they're lovely. <laughs> um, best mate. Exactly. We're best mates. I'm on the stage next year. No, I'm not. Although that would be fun. <laughs> um, uh, had announced Wintervision, a biannual contest for winter Eurovision. And I expected loads of really camp Christmas songs and got quite excited for a split second. <laughs> um, and then realised it was April 1st. And so that is, you know, somewhat harmless. But in terms of actual pranks and, you know, stuff around pregnancy and injury and all those kind of things, it, it's definitely something I don't think people necessarily consider. Like, again, we've said we don't want to take the fun away, but I definitely think it's considering. I mean, Lisa's in the comments now and she's saying uh, pranks frighten her and she can't necessarily tell where the line is between acceptable jokes and going too far. And she'll generally believe people if they sound serious. So, you know, there is this thing to think about. No, it's not just you, though. I, to- I am... I am so so gullible at everything like really really i don't get um i don't i don't get kind of sarcasm a lot after like you know i don't know whether it's kind of german <laughs> we just don't really get it like we don't have that as much and be serious like so mm. um you can if you're straight faced and a good actor i will believe you until my dying day yeah and i think I think that I think with sarcasm, there's definitely a skill. I mean, Americans just don't get it generally, but I think um, it's it's about facial expression. And again, facial expression for autistic people is really hard to read at times. Mm. Um, it's really hard to read. So yeah, that that's a challenge, and especially if you don't have a relationship with that particular. Um, person that they they've been around you and know that you don't have that serious intent or whatever um it's definitely a challenge uh if you can't understand facial expression and and so on obviously it gets a bit easier but that doesn't mean that something will go hit and miss occasionally um do we, even know, do we, do we know the origins of it am i did we learn this in school was i was i sick on this day the origins I I, for full day uh, which one of us is going to go to google in fact audience no i can't be bothered audience do we know you, that anybody watching do we know the origins of april full day yeah. um if not don't panic it's not the end of the world no, no. but if if somebody's there that can, you know. Lola wants to say hello. Oh, Lola wants to say hello. See, you're getting everything on Life Downloaded today. You're getting unboxings. You're getting serious debate, and you're getting cats by the looks of it. So. There you go, baby. You're in the sunshine now. She she heard your voice as so she came along. Oh, see, does does she miss me? I doubt it, but she she's a cat. She you shall I try? Oops, oh, it's breaking. Careful. There we go. Yeah, you've got cats on life downloaded. Lift it up a bit, Sam, because we can see your book right now. Oh, <laughs> rather up, 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 up. There we go. There's Lola. Lola, Lola, no, she's ignoring me. She, she's probably angry with me, like all cats get when I haven't seen them for a little while. They're just like, no, oh. you haven't been round. Right, I'll we give her some sweets in a minute. She'll shut up. <laughs> we don't care anymore. We haven't what seen is, you. What is this 
Um, yes. Yeah, so have we come to the conclusion? Sorry, I got very, very distracted by my cat. <laughs> um, I don't know if we've come to a conclusion, but I definitely feel that, you know, I've thought about April Fool's Day very differently this year than from the conversation we've had than I have. Is that because of me? Look, yeah. I imparted. I made someone uh, think. You oh did. You made somebody think. Um, so, so yeah, no, it's definitely, uh, definitely one to think about. And I think, you know, it's it's one that people probably aren't aware of, and how how it can be challenging for people. So. Yeah, it's, it's definitely opened my eyes today and, you know, hopefully people listening back to this might sort of go, actually, yeah. Um, yeah, You know, yes. we aim this to educate and entertain. This is what Lifestyle Load is all about, bringing the realness. Indeed. Bringing the realness, <laughs> books, cats, <laughs> laughter, uh, joy. It's jam-packed today. Are we you need a week. Are we are we at that um, part of the day? We genuinely do need a wee, but I've got I didn't realise how warm it is and I've got these like winter trousers on and I'm like I probably won't even be able to get them down now because they're like congealed to my body because of the sweat and the heat and the everything. Oh. It's oh. such it's just not a good day, is it, Dan? But it is <laughs> But you know, it is a good day, oh. Sam, because I've spent the last 40 odd minutes chatting to you that always brightens my day and I you and I you (laughs) I feel like we should sing the song like the end of Barney episode do you remember Barney the purple dinosaur (laughs) I love you you're older than me and I did watch that so I'm a little bit concerned that you know that no I didn't watch it I just know it existed Um, Um, I'm not going to sing that I'm going to go wee I'm going to go wash my hands Indeed, um, wash your hands. So go wash my hands and wash my wheel rims. That came, that's a real thing. Like, the rims of my wheel. Oh, this just sounds crude. But there's no point, isn't there? Because you wash it, I'm touched them. Yeah, indeed. Uh, so, well, this, this uh, is always the thing. I, I appreciate why everybody's saying wash your hands for coronavirus and so on and so forth. But it has always been something I've struggled with when I wash as a as a doesn't mean I don't wash my hands let's get this out there but it's it's something that I've always struggled with as a wheelchair user where they go wash your hands and then I put my hands on my wheels that have touched the floor like two seconds before so Uh, yeah exactly or but you've got a wheel so someone someone passes you something yeah so you either put it on your lap which then you'll have to change your clothes or you hold it wheel it with one hand Get to the that means thing. I'm just going round in a circle. I'm not going to um, lie. I literally, I just get some hand sanitizer, loads of it, and just go like that on my wheels. On your, see, I hadn't thought about that. Maybe, yeah, maybe I should. I can see that. I mean, I don't know how effective that is, but it's better than nothing. No, very true. Very no, true. but hey ho, right? Really and Sandra's done her usual bit for us as the yes, the name lot of life downloaded episodes: excitement, trepidation, and an Amazon delivery. Yay! That's Yay, that's. that's no, we need to shorten it because it's not. We've not got that much room on our little <laughs> on our little card on our graphic. Maybe just excitement and an Amazon delivery. <laughs> no, that no. We can do Sandra. You've let the team down. We can do better than that. <laughs> well, Sandra. We love like, you, Sandra. You've got, we do. You've got until tomorrow to text to, to message the Instagram. <laughs> Message the Instagram account. But okay, on I am that, legit gonna go. I love you all, but I, I'm gonna wee myself. Okay, guys. So let's let's wrap this up before Sam's bladder explodes. 
This has been Life Downloaded Live. I am Dan Edge. I have been partnered by the glorious Samantha Rink. And Lola. And Lola the cat. We love you all. Stay safe, stay well, and we'll hopefully see you in a week and a bit. Bye, beautiful people. Bye, bye.